And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome, I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. We have a lot to cover tonight. There is the impending clash over who will become Speaker of the House, and given the candidates uh, who are mentioned, whether it matters. Uh, we have coverage of the extraordinarily exciting announcement by Carrie Lake that she is running for the U.S. Senate in Arizona. Uh, as I have said here on the show many times, Carrie Lake is one of the most dynamic uh, communicators that I have ever met. She kind of reminds me of Ronald Reagan, who I worked for in three presidential campaigns. I think she has a key role to play in America's future. Uh, we're going to talk about the ramifications of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. leaving the Democratic Party to seek the presidency uh, as an independent. Uh, but before all of that, uh, we have a weightier subject uh, that I'm very interested in getting into. Uh, there is in this country a pattern of abuse regarding the state court probate system. Uh, and the Department of Justice and others have documented years of physical, psychological, and sexual abuse, as well as physical abandonment and financial exploitation from the probate court's actions. You can just go online and you'll find uh, uh, a lot of evidence of this in a simple internet search. People are denied due process, stripped of their pensions, restricted from uh, time with their loved ones, drugged and often left to develop bed sores, uh, pushed into declining health, uh, and uh, these, this is a scandal that very few people are willing to delve into. Uh, not so our guest tonight. Uh, Sherry Lund is a businesswoman. She is an advocate. She is very, very articulate. Uh, I read a great piece that she wrote for Fox News on this very subject. Uh, and it is my great honor to uh, welcome her to the Stone Zone right now. Thank you, Roger. Thank you for having me on. Sherry, I'm very happy to have you on. Uh, I admit that this is a complicated topic that most people don't understand, but it's an important topic. Uh, and uh, frankly, I'm inspired by your courage based on no, not only your own experience, but what you have seen uh, to uh, work uh, as an advocate for change. So when we think about probate reform, most people don't even know what we are talking about. So help us lay this out in terms of an overview of the larger problem. 
Well, my our case, our family was thrown into probate court um, when my stepdaughter had a brain aneurysm in 2009, in September. And, you know, we just trusted the courts would do the right thing. And if something happened, the court would do, follow the law, do what was supposed to be done. And we suddenly found that uh, evil prevails all around us, even in the people that we think we can trust. Uh, we had some very jealous, vexatious, distant family members who, along with two trustees for uh, Brad and Michelle, who went to the probate court and started horrible allegations. And that's when our nightmare started. Um, we thought we'll go to the court, we'll have our evidence that there's nothing wrong and everything will be okay. That was the beginning of a 14-year nightmare. And then we found ourselves thrown into the California and the Arizona probate courts uh, system. And what I saw, which was horrifying to me because I do know something about the legal, I do have some legal background, I've been an advocate for families in family court for the last 28 years. Um, I saw that the commissioners, the judges, the attorneys, no one followed the law. No one was following the statutes, upholding our rights, our due process, and we were fighting back viciously. Most people are thrown off guard. They don't know what to do. They're uh, blindsided, they're thrown into a situation of grief, and um, and with us, we just fought. So what happened in our case was suddenly, because of who our family is, we had people showing up in our courtroom and outside the court asking me to, coming right up to me for some reason, and asking me if they could tell me their story. I, the first thing I thought was, oh my God, I can't even help my own family. How can I help someone I don't know? And then I realized that this was happening for a reason. And so I started going to court with people on their cases, taking my notes, and quickly found that there was the pattern and practice of abuse, and it started on the bench. And what was happening was the judges were immediately appointing their choice of investigator, attorney, doctor, guardian, conservator, uh, removing people from their, their trustees, from their trusts and appointing their, I call friends of the court, uh, attorneys to be the trustees of states. And then it just grew. Um, the group grew, and before I knew it, we had, you know, 50, 60 people uh, wanting to have meetings, wanting to tell their stories. I went to my attorneys and said, I want to write a bill that ensures people's rights are protected. That was in 2010. Uh, my attorney at the time was a constitutional attorney, civil rights attorney. And so we worked on this bill. I got one of our state representatives to uh, sponsor the bill. 
And out of that came SB 1499, which was signed by the governor in 2011. And then I thought, okay, the judges will follow the law. People's rights will be protected. We're, we're going to be okay. People were, will be okay. Um, and that didn't happen. I saw in our case, the new law didn't make any difference. In other cases, the law didn't make any difference. The Constitution was completely ignored in the courtroom. Uh, the constitutional rights of people were completely ignored in the courtroom. And what I also saw was if an outside attorney, other than a probate attorney, came in to represent a party, that attorney was punished, threatened, at times disbarred, for zealously defending their clients. I found it horrifying because we are supposed to have a court of uh, equity, justice, um, protection, and it turned out to be just the opposite. What I saw happening was we have a very well-organized probate court, family court, and juvenile court that are all geared around money. The attorneys go into court and lie in, uh, in order to uh, justify their position and billing against these estates. Um, it's, it's really horrifying. So I went on and over the years, I kept saying, you know, the courts are ignoring the law, the, the judges are breaking the law, the attorneys are breaking the law, they're lying to the court and getting by with it. Whereas you and I can't go into court and lie, or we get thrown into jail and sanctioned. But everyone in the court, the officers of the court could lie. So I said, there's something wrong with this. There's something terribly wrong here. And when I saw myself in our case where judges wouldn't protect my stepdaughter from the financial creditors when she has um, a brain damage issue, she has medical issues from her brain aneurysm. Um, I, I, I couldn't put the pieces together. I thought we have to do something about this. And all the victims that were coming forward, hundreds of victims from all over the country. Um, and I said, okay, we have to talk about this. People need to speak up. You need to tell your stories. Um, we're not the only ones. You're not the only ones. There are thousands of victims across the country. And so this is what started a kind of connecting with different organizations across the country, meeting victims, being here in Arizona, I was, I am bombarded every day with new victims, new stories, but it's the same pattern and practice of abuse. So I started working on, um, Senator John Kavanaugh said, if you have a couple of probate bills, bring them to me and I'll sponsor them. So I, we re-amended or amended SB 1499, and we also have SB 1038. Uh, SB 1038 is a um, probate advisory board, a probate advisory panel, where the citizens will have a direct voice to the legislators. Um, so if you have a complaint about the probate court, you can go directly to the probate advisory panel 
because as it's structured now, the Supreme Court, every state Supreme Court is over the lower courts. They're over the state bar, they're over the Judicial Commission on Performance, they're over the Fiduciary Board. So there's self-policing, self which is a conflict of interest, and it's self-dealing. So there's no way to find or hold anyone accountable because there's no oversight outside of their own system. And that's where the problem lies. And when I'm asked, where does the problem begin? The problem begins on the bench. If the judges would follow the law and uphold the constitutional rights and due process of the people, and the attorneys were held accountable and couldn't just go into court and lie to benefit themselves financially, we would not be sitting here talking about this today. So I feel that we're on um, the way to uncovering these stories. There are fiduciaries around the country who are being indicted and sent to prison for theft and fraud. Um, we have a completely uh, messed up system, but it is very well organized when it comes to the judges and the attorneys and the fiduciaries and the guardians and GALs and the court-appointed doctors being in collusion. So I've put together SB 1291, and uh, we did have the head of probate court opposing um, several things in, in the bill. For instance, I took the, the case from the beginning of a case, how should your rights be protected? So from the, the beginning of a case, you should have proper notice that there is going to be a hearing regarding your freedom and your property. And you should uh, be able to be in the courtroom in many cases, many, many cases, the court-appointed attorneys tell the judge, my client has waived their appearance. When the client doesn't even know there's a case, doesn't even know what's going on. Um, so now you uh, are to be allowed to be in the courtroom and preferably in the courtroom. And you have the right to choose your own attorney. You have the right to use your own doctor if there is an evaluation that's needed. But most importantly, before the case can go forward, there should be and should be presented to the court clear and convincing evidence that there is a need to put a person through uh, the humiliation, the uh, stress and duress of an evaluation, a court case, uh, being secluded from their family. This is what's happening right now. So SB 1291 brings the protections that should have already been there, really are on the law, but we wanted to put all of these things into one um, law so that when the anybody looks at SB 1291, anyone can tell what their rights are. They can see what they should be getting from the court, the attorneys. The attorneys are now required to fully inform their clients of their rights and then to submit an affidavit or a declaration to the court that they have fully informed their client because that isn't happening. And then the person has the right to have the court 
follow their directives. And a lot of people have put in their directives who they would want to be appointed if they needed a guardian and or conservator. And so now the court has to follow your directives and put in place people you choose to help you if you need help. And as the case goes forward, um, it, we've just provided a lot of protections. If a guardian is appointed, whether it's a family member or a court appointed guardian, if that gar guardian denies or refuses visitation of a family member, a friend, anyone that ward chooses to see, then that person can go to the court and file a complaint against the guardian. And if the complaint is found to be valid, the guardian will be removed and sanctioned, which means they'll get to pay the legal fees of the petitioner. And there has to be checks and balances because the attorneys need to be held accountable. If they don't tell their clients their rights, then how are you going to know what your rights are? You're just supposed to believe what they tell you your rights are? That's not okay. So every step of the case, we've tried to pro uh, provide protection. We even have a section in the bill that provide supportive decision-making for people with disabilities. And that part I'm very proud of because a lot of people, as you know, that end up in probate court have had some kind of illness or have maybe mild dementia or mild Asperger's. They're even appointing guardians and conservators over people who have depression. Depression is not does not make someone incompetent. So we've tried to provide all the protections that, that are possible. I worked with uh, disability attorneys, um, the judge, uh, head judge of probate, and that was very interesting to see them admit that they're breaking the law and how they do it. And we have an um, absolute immunity, so we can do whatever we want. And in my opinion, there should be no absolute immunity unless you are working and operating within the law and upholding the constitutional rights and due process of the person. Uh, this probate court, what we've seen as families, like in our case too, I haven't seen my stepdaughter. We used to be very close, spend all the holidays, Mother's Day, birthdays, parties. Uh, she had a home here. Now she has a handler. She's not allowed to see us. She's not allowed to call us. They separate families. They destroy families. They break a lot of hearts. And it's a cold and calculated uh, industry just wrapped around and encircling money. It's all about the money. Indeed. So I would like you, oh, are, you, are, you are, in my opinion, a proof uh, that one good person who stands on principle uh, and will continue to fight can achieve extraordinary things. Now, uh, I was uh, most interested in your case uh, and the stand you have taken because of your family relationship uh, with Walt Disney. Uh, your son, Brad Disney Lund, is the grandson of Walt Disney. 
I actually met Walt Disney. He was a great friend of President Richard Nixon's. He was also a great friend of President Ronald Reagan's. He was a very great man. Not speaking about the Disney Corporation of today. Uh, and that has given you a, a very slight advantage against average citizens, but you've identified an area of corruption, a corrupt racket that is taking place in all 50 states. And rather than do nothing, you've decided to do something. Uh, I was shocked uh, by this terrific piece that you wrote for Fox. Let me read from that. Uh, in Arizona, absent the remedies that you have fought very hard for, a nurse or physician's assistant can place uh, someone under court control by court order. A personal physician or a doctor with a much longer history of treating that citizen can be left out of the process entirely. This dystopian reality includes families legally being prevented from seeing loved ones, sedation to keep the people calm, liquidation of assets and personal belongings, uh, a likely change of residence to fit the needs of a court-appointed guardian who now bills uh, the, the person for every aspect of their care. This is a corrupt racket. Uh, and you're absolutely right. It's all about the money. It's about stealing the money uh, from people. Uh, as you point out in your piece, uh, the, the citizens lose their right to vote. They lose their right to drive. They lose the ability to choose their own doctor. Essentially, all decision-making power is forfeited uh, and given to a guardian who, in most cases, is probably a stranger uh, appointed by the court. Probate, people need to understand this doesn't have to involve great wealth or necessarily even being elderly. When a guardian is appointed over someone, it usually means that a conservator is appointed to take over the estate. This can be for any number of reasons, as you point out, ranging from a bank account problem or unexpected hospitalization or even a family squabble to take care of that person. Uh, as you know, Congressman Matt Gates uh, has talked about this issue uh, in regard to Britney Spears uh, mm -hmm. and the abuses there where essentially she was robbed uh, of her assets by the courts. I, I have to commend you for having the courage to take this fight on. It is, uh, it is really heartening. Let me ask you this. Can you walk us through the difference between a conservatorship and a guardianship? Uh, two principal terms that are constantly used in this area. Well, it, uh, it differs from state to state. So in Arizona, a guardian is over the person and a conservator is over the estate. A GAL is someone who's appointed to oversee the case to make sure that person's rights are protected, which is a joke. Um, all they do is just collude with the other parties and there's never any protection. Uh, in California, there's a, a conservator of the person, a conservator of the estate. That's what Brittany had. Um, and in Brittany's case was interesting because uh, the law in California and Arizona is the same. Before you can appoint a guardian over a person or a conservator over a person in California, there must be a, a trial by jury to determine if that person is truly incompetent. 
And that never happens. You never see a trial by jury. The judges don't tell the person they're entitled to that right. They the the judges in Cal Arizona do not tell people they have that right, even though SB 1499 back in 2011 was put into place to say, if you're going to take someone's freedom, you give them a jury by a trial by jury. No one gets a trial by jury. Now attorneys are starting to fight back using SB 1499. They're getting threatened by the judge. Some of the attorneys here in Arizona have been disbarred for fighting for their clients' rights. And now with SB 1291, we're making it even tougher because in order to take someone's freedom and their property, the judge has to tell them they have the right to a trial by jury. The attorney has to tell them they have a right to a trial by jury. I believe, and I've, I've heard the senators and representatives and the governor say this bill is very protective. It's a great bill. Uh, even people with disabilities now, uh, it ensures rights for them that were not protected before that should have been. So I guess my question has always been, we have the constitution that's been in place for 200 years. We have the state constitution here that's been in place for 100 years. Why are the judges allowed to break the law and they sit there and let the attorneys break the law and let all the court officer people involved break the law? But you and I are held to a much higher level of accountability when we don't even know the law. They're supposed to know the law. So um, that's my big issue is that we need to uh, we need to abolish this absolute immunity where the judges have immunity only when they're operating within the law and upholding the constitutional rights and due process rights of the public. Um, this is how it became so corrupt. There are no outside agencies or, you know, legislators, no one overseeing what they're doing. Uh, we have the, in the guardianships, um, that guardian uh, is allowed to order drugs for the person, is allowed to put a DNR on the person's medical records. They're, they're absolutely allowed to murder people who should not even be under guardianship. But once you start drugging a person, then you have all kinds of medical issues. They get bed sores because they're not being moved because they're drugged. Then they get sepsis. And then they're just allowed to die without their family around, without anybody there to protect them. To me, it's the most inhumane thing you can do to a person and tearing families apart. Uh, our country, you know, we talk about how important families are and how important our constitutional rights are. And then I'm sitting here watching all of this happen around me every day and wondering what the heck is going on. You know, you say one thing and then we're doing another and we're allowing these abuses and allowing theft. There are one and a half to two million people in the United States under guardianship and conservatorship today, and over $50 billion under court control of personal assets. There's something wrong here. I 
challenge the the judges and attorneys. Why are you interfering with family business? Let families work their issues out. Let them take care of their parents and loved ones and children. Why do we need the court in the middle of our lives on, in ever, on every level? And the families protect the family inheritance. Strangers steal your inheritance. It's just crazy that the judges say these things like we're here to protect when all they're doing is condoning abuse and theft and fraud. So as a citizen, I'm angry. I'm angry uh, that I had to go through this and watch the stress and the slander and the defamation that these attorneys were allowed to put on public record and put in the media about my husband, my family, with no proof. We had to prove ourselves innocent of every allegation. Not one judge involved in either state over 14 years ordered these people to present one piece of evidence. They just let them go on fishing trips. It just runs up the legal fees. And we wonder when you look at these big buildings and see these law firms that take up two or three built two or three uh, floors on Century Boulevard, how do you think they got wealthy? And I'm I'm telling you, it's it's got to stop. I want Congress, if we have to pass pass national laws, forcing these state judges and attorneys to follow the law and you know, uphold people's rights. This has gotten way out of hand. Uh, you, I think, have uh, correctly identified uh, those involved as the probate pirates. These are the judges, uh, fiduciaries, and attorneys who seem to me to be colluding together to steal people's wealth. Uh, as conservatives, obviously, we're great believers in states' rights and trying to do things at the state level. But I have to ask you, given how widespread this problem and this abuse is, do you think uh, a federal law to protect people uh, is part of the answer? I do, because we have gone the last 13 years, 12 years, um, you passed new laws. Basically, the laws were in place. Then we went and we put some more laws into place to make sure that the laws that were in place were followed. And now we've put another law in place to make sure that the judges follow the laws that have been in place for a hundred years. Um, it's not working. The judges just basically agree to use their discretion, which means we're going to violate the law and use, abuse our discretion. And it's all part of what I call the playbook. It's the playbook of abuse and uh, pattern and practice of abuse and fraud, and uh, everybody comes out good on, on the other end as far as the attorneys, the fiduciaries. We have fiduciaries here in Arizona, all, all over the country. Uh, complaints are filed for the fiduciary board. They sit there, some of them are over six years old and have not been investigated, and they do nothing. They may put a fiduciary on suspension, but then that fiduciary is still appointed to other cases and they continue the theft and fraud. There's fiduciaries here in Arizona. I've sat in those meetings. I've testified in those meetings um, that have 
15, 16 complaints. They There's evidence of fraud, major theft into the amounts of millions of dollars. And yet the fiduciary board members just rubber stamp their renewal of their license and let them continue to commit crimes. And my question to them was, why are you not turning these cases over to the district attorney for prosecution? You know these people need to go to prison and you're allowing them to go and take more cases and steal more assets. Um, it, it, it's mind boggling. I, I've never seen anything like it. And yet the, the legislators, when I first started this last session on SB 1291, they were shocked. They said, we didn't know anything about this. We didn't know this was going on. And I said, well, how will you know something's going on if you're not involved in getting reports from an oversight committee? You would never know. You don't sit in the courtrooms. You're not involved in a probate case unless you're thrown into the probate court yourself. So this is where I do believe federal laws need to be put in place immediately, uh, forcing these state courts to do their job and these attorneys to, you know, get it together or get disbarred. It's it's got to happen. Yeah, as you point out, this is not some small menial issue. We're talking about 1.3 million probate cases uh, with over, over $50 billion under management and $16.9 billion, which has been drained from people's retirement accounts, from family trusts, from lifetime savings, and so on. Uh, I give you enormous credit for tackling a difficult and complex issue because you saw wrong and you want to set it right. So, uh, Sherry, thank you so much for joining us on the Stone Zone. Thank you, Rob. We have put your email address up. We're going to put it back up here in a second so people can contact you. Uh, this is an epic fight. There, there it is, folks. Uh, C4CCUSA.org, where you can get in touch with Sherry Lund, someone who is uh, fighting for justice uh, against an extraordinarily corrupt probate system. A complicated issue, but one I'm very glad that you were willing to come on the Stone Zone uh, and lay out for our viewers. God bless you, Sherry. You have Thank an open you. invitation to come back here at the Stone Zone anytime to keep us up to date in this epic fight for justice. Thank you, Roger. Thank you. Uh, terrific. Thank you. That was uh, Sherry Lund. Uh, she is, as, uh, as I said, related uh, to the great Walt Disney. Uh, and uh, maybe because of that, uh, her case and her issue has gotten coverage that it richly deserves. Uh, I do want to thank you for tuning into the Stone Zone today. We've had a lot of questions because there's a lot of disinformation uh, regarding my good friend Mike Lindell uh, and MyPillow.com. Now, Mike Lindell is a fighter uh, and he refuses to fold. Uh, and he is, as I think everybody knows, being sued by uh, several of these election machinery companies. Uh, and he will never quit uh, and he will never settle a case when he's absolutely right. Uh, and therefore, um, his legal bills have gotten to be massive. It's important to understand that none of that has anything to do with the ongoing success 
of MyPillow.com. In fact, MyPillow.com uh, is the economic energy engine that uh, fuels Mike Lindell in his epic fight for justice uh, and truth. And therefore, you can be confident that if you place a MyPillow.com order, that that order will be fulfilled. So do not be misled by the fake news media, which hates like Mike Lindell, just like they hate me, uh, and they hate President Donald Trump, because we tell you the truth. In fact, if there was ever a time that Mike Lindell deserves and needs your support, that time would be right now. So you can order at MyPillow.com with confidence, uh, and I ask you to do so today by going to MyPillow.com, and when you do, yes, use promo code STONE. Now, if you hear some crazy left-wing lawyer saying that Mike Lindell sells lumpy pillows, well, that is an egregious lie. Uh, I don't know anyone uh, who I have ever successfully marketed my pillow products to who was unhappy uh, with their purchases. Uh, Mike Lindell uh, may be a fine Christian gentleman, uh, and he's a great guy uh, on an everyday basis, but when it comes to an insistence on quality, well, the man is a tyrant. Uh, he will sell nothing at either mystore.com or at mypillow.com that is second rate. I know people who have bought products to Mike Lindell uh, and they haven't been up to snuff. Mike Lindell has rejected them because they are not of the first quality. Uh, and I respect that. So therefore, I'm asking you to go to mypillow.com right now to support Mike Lindell in this epic fight. The deep state wants to silence him. They want him to go away. They want him to quit uh, in his fight for free expression, free speech, uh, and election integrity. And all that means is they don't know Mike Lindell. I've read his biography. It is inspiring. Uh, he has gone from rags to riches. Uh, he's gone from being, uh, by his own admission, uh, a hopeless drug addict to a, an apostle for Jesus Christ uh, and one of the most successful entrepreneurs in America. He chooses to spend his own money in this epic fight for freedom. So he needs our support. Uh, go to MyPillow.com right now and use promo code STONE to help him in this fight. Let's talk about some of the great products there that I think you need. Not only does Mike Lindell not sell lumpy pillows, but he has very recently introduced the greatest pillow in MyPillow's history. That is MyPillow 2.0. What's different about this pillow? Well, this pillow has a patented cooling technology, which means that the pillow itself is cool to the touch all night long. Uh, Mike Lindell himself tells us that temperature and height are the two absolute keys uh, to a good night's sleep. I could sure use one of those. Uh, and uh, this uh, MyPillow uh, is revolutionary. I'd go so far as to say once you check out MyPillow 2.0, well, you'll give away all your other MyPillows. It's that great. And amazingly, Mike Lindell has a special right now, even better than the one on the screen right now, previously, for $89.98, when you bought one MyPillow 2.0, you got 
one extra pillow absolutely free, here is a better offer. That is the four pack. That's right, for $99.98, which is only $10 more than the previous offer, you get four of these revolutionary new pillows. This pillow will change your life. When you check it out, you'll see I'm not exaggerating. Uh, it's, it's a whole new uh, level uh, of comfort. Uh, and uh, I urge you to check it out. I guarantee you, you will be satisfied. Let's talk about some of the other great bargains uh, at MyPillow.com. Now, I like to search for the sales. Uh, Mike Lindell has a money back guarantee for most of his merchandise, but some of the very best products uh, are on sale. Let's take the six piece uh, towel set. Now, what's the difference between a My, my Pillow uh, bath towel and the bath towel you get at say uh, Dillard's uh, or Macy's? Uh, well, I'll tell you the difference. Mike Lindell uses a very high quality cotton terry cloth that is not treated with an oil that is designed to make it more durable, but which makes it much, much less absorbent. So uh, there is nothing better than the six-piece MyPillow towel set, uh, and you can get that uh, at a great sale price uh, at MyPillow.com. I use that as a perfect uh, example uh, of where you should go. So folks, please go to MyPillow.com. Uh, Mike Lindell will appreciate it. I will appreciate it. Mrs. Stone will appreciate it. And you can be guaranteed of getting uh, the very best, no matter what it is that you order. Thank you. Uh, I'm uh, obviously a great student of politics. Uh, I love politics. It's in my blood. Uh, and therefore, I was very excited to see that my good friend, uh, Carrie Lake, uh, announced her candidacy yesterday for the U.S. Senate in Arizona. Uh, Carrie Lake flew to Fort Lauderdale to meet me roughly a week ago to discuss her plans and to seek my opinion. Uh, and I was of the opinion that she should run. Uh, this does not mean that she's abandoning her principal fight over the gubernatorial election in Arizona, an election which, uh, based on any reasonable measure, she most definitely won but which I believe was stolen from her. Uh, when it comes to raw political talent as a communicator, I've never seen anybody other than Donald Trump and perhaps Ronald Reagan himself uh, as talented uh, as Carrie Lake. Uh, she is determined to save her state and this country. Uh, here's a terrific bite from her announcement last night. as I formally announce my candidacy for the United States Senate. But first at nine, the field for Arizona's Senate seat now includes Republican Kerry Lake, the former gubernatorial candidate formally entering the race. I know you're by my side as I formally announce my candidacy for the United States Senate. I am never going to walk away from the fight to restore honest elections. Never. I don't, I, I don't, I don't care uh, what the fake news says about it. I don't care what the corrupt people say about it. Fighting for honest elections is not a Republican issue. 
It's not a Democrat issue, it's an American issue. She was joined on stage virtually by former President Donald Trump, who showed Lake his unwavering support during his own campaign for a second term. We have to have a big, strong majority to help me push our America First agenda through and to push it through really fast. That starts right here tonight by helping Carrie Lake win in Arizona, and she will win too. She's an amazing woman, respected by everybody. Carrie is one of the toughest fighters in our movement, and I am proud to give her my complete and total endorsement for the United States Senate. Uh, unprecedented, uh, President Donald Trump uh, endorsing a candidate uh, prior to the primary, actually on the eve of her announcement of candidacy. Now, I want to remind you uh, that this is not a two-way race, but likely to be a three-way race. Uh, Left-wing Democrat incumbent Cinema uh, of Arizona has bolted the Democratic Party to run as an independent. Uh, uh, the uh, Attorney General Gallegos uh, has announced uh, his candidacy as the Democrat. Uh, I think this split on the left benefits uh, Carrie Lake, but I actually think she could win uh, despite that. Uh, this will be the one of the most important Senate races uh, in the country. Uh, we're going to ask Carrie Lake to come on the Stone Zone and talk about this in the near future. But if you're a political junkie like me, well, this is a race you want to uh, be following. Uh, we appreciate those clips. A uh, lot of discussion this week about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He has bolted the Democratic Party. Uh, unfortunately, uh, his candidacy was hobbled by a combination of being blackballed by mainstream media uh, and the Democratic Party cabal uh, plotting against him. They were prepared to do what they did to Bernie Sanders, uh, kneecap him by changing the rules in such a way that no matter what he did, he could not get nominated. Uh, now, uh, Robert Kennedy, who I've only met once, by the way, uh, who I do not count as a good friend, no matter what you see on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, someone whose views I share when it comes to uh, health freedom or sealing our southern border or skepticism about the war in Ukraine, uh, is running as an independent. Uh, it's very clear to me that the radical left hopes uh, that Robert Kennedy will drain votes from President Donald Trump. Uh, and early polling indicates that may be a possibility, uh, but only if people do not recognize that despite the fact that he takes some very good positions that I agree with, Robert Kennedy is still at heart a liberal Democrat. Uh, Sean Hannity uh, really kind of laid this out uh, last night on his show. Uh, let's uh, pull that up if we may. Opinions about it. All right, I'll ask okay, you. Do you still, to, you know, do, do you still believe the NRA is a terror group? Uh, I support the Second Amendment, like I do all the amendments of the Constitution, and I'm not going to ask take you if you support the Second Amendment. You called in 2018. You said Parkland students are right. The NRA is a terror group. Do you believe that? Uh, I don't consider the NRA a terror group. Do you regret tweeting that in 2018? Well, I don't recall tweeting it in 2018, but if I did, uh, as I said, Sean, I don't consider them a terror group and I support the Second Amendment. 
Do you regret endorsing Al Gore, John Kerry, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Bernie Sanders over the years? Uh, I don't recall endorsing Bernie Sanders. I like Bernie Sanders. I, I, I voted for Barack Obama. Um, I, I don't regret that. I, I don't. Uh, that was a classic piece of television. Uh, I sent a text message to my friend Sean Hannity, one of the most riveting pieces of television I've seen in recent memory. But uh, th there's a larger point here, which is whether it is abortion, uh, whether it is the Second Amendment, or whether it is the uh, climate uh, hoax, uh, Robert Kennedy uh, is a conventional progressive Democrat uh, who endorsed Hillary Clinton not only in 2016 uh, when she was running against Barack Obama, but, uh, but uh, pardon me, in 2012 when she was running against Barack Obama, but also in 2016 when she was running against uh, Donald Trump. Uh, on the uh, issues of the environment, he is opposed to fracking. He's opposed to uh, additional uh, oil and gas drilling permits. Uh, that's why we're moving very rapidly towards $10 a gallon gasoline uh, in this country. Uh, I think it is interesting that the mainstream media has focused on Robert Kennedy's opposition to Big Pharma, which is principled, uh, but they have really, uh, to a certain extent, not revealed the fact that at heart, he is still a progressive Democrat. His uh, views uh, on Hillary, for example, uh, let's play that video, if we may. Um, Hillary Clinton today. Do you endorse her? Is she that leader? Yeah, and, I, um, and I'm very close to Bernie, um, and a huge admirer of Bernie Sanders. And, um, you know, I love the—I'm the, the I, I'm so glad that he did what he did during this, um, during the primary season to— you know, force the conversation to talk about the corporate domination of American politics and talk about the military policies that are bankrupting our country and uh, that are ca that are counterproductive in almost every part of the globe where we are involved militarily. And you know, the the idea that you know this country should be a city on a hill, a shining beacon of democracy and justice, and you know, all of those wonderful things that Bernie has done, this, this great service that he's done for the American people. And I'm very hard, very, very gratified that he's, that Hillary and Bernie have reconciled and that uh, some of the issues that he's raised are now part of Hillary's agenda. And you do endorse her, yes. to be clear. Sounds yes. like you may be readying yourself for a career in politics. Are you thinking about that at all? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, there you have it, um, the unadorned Robert Kennedy. Uh, disappointed, not the conservative populist that some people say that he is. Uh, he is uh, an excellent candidate in terms of his energy, uh, his uplifting, positive, and unifying rhetoric. But the truth is that on issues like climate control or climate agenda, uh, he is a true radical. Take a look at this. Well, I think they should be in jail. I think they should be enjoying three hots and a cot at the Hague with all the other war criminals who are there. What about politicians, uh, people who deny, who express skepticism? they're selling out the public trust. And, you know, I think those guys who are doing the, the Koch brothers bidding and who are against all the evidence of the rational mind 
are saying that global warming doesn't exist, that they are contemptible human beings, and that, you know, I wish that there were a law you could punish them under. I don't think there's a, war, a law that you can punish those politicians under, but I, do I think the Koch brothers should be prosecuted for reckless endangerment? Absolutely. That's a criminal offense, and they ought to be serving time for it. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, really uh, extraordinary. Uh, now, I do think that the media at large just assumes that one can leave the Democratic nominating process, uh, wave a magic wand, and be an independent candidate for president. Unfortunately, it does not really work that way. Uh, Fifty different state laws govern how an independent candidate for president or any federal office gets on the ballot. Uh, and I would remind you that those laws are written by Republicans and Democrats working together to make the process as difficult, uh, as arcane, uh, uh, and uh, as challengeable as possible. Uh, and therefore, um, whether Robert Kennedy will emerge as a viable presidential candidate really is based on his ability to get on the ballot. That is a process that is not only legally complicated, uh, but is extraordinarily expensive uh, and is also very uh, manpower intense. Uh, normally speaking, uh, for the Libertarian or the Green Party presidential candidates, it takes a year of planning uh, before one embarks on that process. Whether Robert Kennedy, who I think has uh, got very uplifting uh, uh, rhetoric uh, and who is uh, very energetic and I think puts forward a very positive uh, vibe as a candidate, has the mechanics around him to achieve uh, ballot access in enough states uh, to theoretically uh, get 270 electoral votes, well, that remains to be seen. The other enormous problem, of course, is the issue of presidential debates. We do have a presidential commission on debates, uh, but guess what? It's not appointed by the president. It's not a commission, uh, and it's most definitely not about debate. So the co-chairs of the presidential commission on debates are the Republican and Democratic Party chair people, uh, and they are committed to not having debates uh, that include anybody other than the major party candidates. So as uh, articulate uh, and uh, entertaining as Robert F. Kennedy may be, the chances of him being included uh, in a debate uh, are pretty slim. Uh, the, the National Commission on Debates, Presidential Commission on Debates, bases, bases its criteria on your standing in the polls. Uh, but whether it is based on your standing in the polls uh, or whether it is based on how many states uh, you get on the ballot on, uh, assuming that 270 electoral votes ought to be the minimum, uh, I'm not sure that Robert F. Kennedy's candidacy can meet either one of those criteria. Uh, this is a, a developing story that we will continue uh, to follow. Um, I, candidly, as a supporter of President Donald Trump, uh, and as someone who admires Robert Kennedy's energy uh, and his, at least his intellectual honesty on the issue of vaccination safety and effectiveness, uh, I did think that his candidacy within the Democratic Party 
uh, was a healthy thing. Uh, but I also recognize that he was likely from the beginning uh, to be kneecapped as Bernie Sanders was. Now, whether it is abortion uh, or gun control or climate uh, uh, nonsense uh, or any of these other issues, uh, I think this has drawn a greater scrutiny on Robert Kennedy, uh, making it far less likely that his candidacy will draw a disproportionate number of votes from President Donald Trump uh, than perhaps uh, is uh, currently uh, estimated. Now, some people have said, well, because he is a Democrat, or at least a Democrat at heart, uh, and because he was contending for the Democratic nomination, um, he will, without any question, pull votes uh, from Joe Biden or whoever the Democrat may end up being. Uh, the problem with that is if you look, for example, at the most recent Rasmussen poll, Rasmussen being a credible pollster, uh, Robert Kennedy's approval rating among Republicans was 56%, among independents was 49%, uh, among Democrats was only 41%. This could be because uh, his being blackballed by the mainstream media means that his candidacy has really disproportionately been covered by conservative media. He's got more coverage, for example, out of Fox than he certainly will ever get out of, say, CNN or MSNBC. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, um, I think you're going to see a process which has already begun uh, of people uh, exposing the fact that Robert Kennedy, as much as I uh, admire his courage on the issues of health freedom, uh, his uh, principled stand for closing our southern border, uh, and his skepticism about the war in Ukraine uh, is, after all, uh, a, a conventional progressive Democrat. Uh, we will keep you tuned uh, uh, on this story. Uh, the last time before we say good evening, uh, I uh, would point out to you that the Reawaken America tour uh, meets this weekend in Doral. Uh, we've got a quick video. Let's uh, throw that up if we could. Ladies and gentlemen, this just in. We'll keep this a little secret between you and me and them and everybody. Whoa. The people that are actually at the tip of the spear, working directly with President Trump on a day-to-day -day basis to save this nation, they're all joining us on the Reawaken America tour. We have Pre President Donald J. Trump's chief of staff, Akash Patel. We've got Peter Navarro's joined us on the tour. We have General Michael Flynn. We have Eric Trump people actually working at the tip of the spear with President Donald J. Trump to save America are joining us on the Reawaken America tour. Whoa. If word of this gets out, if the truth about election fraud, medical fraud, religious fraud, monetary fraud, and mainstream media gets out, it may just save the nation. And now the Reawaken America tour is going back to Trump Doral, Miami, Florida on October 13th and 14th. And then we're taking the Reawaken America tour into California and into Tulare, California. What? Yes. Tulare, California is a real place. And we're gonna be there on December 15th and 16th. Come and see Dr. Judy Mikovits, Julie Green, Amanda Grace, Dr. Simone Gold, the power lifter and wife of Eric Trump, Laura Trump, Gene Ho, Roger Stone, the woman who woke up the world with the Plandemic series, Dr. Judy Mikovits, the hilarious Jim Brewer, Dr. Peter McCullough, Mike, won't let America go to hell and Dell, 
Pastor Leon Benjamin, Pastor Mark Burns, Pastor Greg Locke, Pastor Dave Scarlett, Pastor Brian Gibson, Pastor Phil Hodson-Piller, Pastor Craig Hagen. Because although even America may be facing an imminent disaster, on the Reawaken America Tour, we travel with pastors. Did I mention... All right, there you have it, folks. This weekend, there's just a handful of tickets available. Let's put up that graphic uh, real quick if we could. Uh, but we're out of time here at the Stone Zone. Uh, if you have the opportunity, uh, join us on the Reawaken America Tour. Uh, this will be, uh, the, there it is, time uh, to freeamerica.com. There are a handful of tickets available. I will see you uh, this weekend uh, in uh, Doral, Florida at the Reawaken America Tour. Until then, God bless you and Godspeed. I'm excited to announce that you've all made MyPillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our percale bed sheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set. Queens, $35, Fulls, $29, and twin size, just $25. I'm interrupted this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets and because of this i've been able to add more colors sizes and even prints and they're still at closeout prices so go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now use your promo code and you'll get my king size only 39 dollars a set queens 35 dollars full $29 and twin size just $25. Order now. Once they're gone, they're gone for good.